0: Welcome to Kingdom Come with Andrew Nkoyoyo, called to be God's voice, reaching people worldwide with the message of Jesus Christ.
1: Thank you for tuning in today to this program Kingdom Come. I'm glad you're watching us today and God has a treat for you. You know, God gave me a specific assignment, a prophetic mandate to bring people back to him and to prepare his bride for his return. That's what Jesus told me on September 9th when he appeared to me in a prophetic dream that he began to unpack the world as we know it. And it's because of this mandate that we are coming together to raise an army and to mobilize the body of Christ for his return. You know, beloved, we are in the last hour. And God has put on our hearts these messages that are, Going to help you and I to be centered and to be located in the place that is ready for Him to come and to not only take us but use us. But I want to call you to uh, your attention to Psalm chapter 24, verse 35. The psalmist wonders who shall ascend to the mountain of the Lord and who shall go into His holy place. In verse 4, he says, he who has clean hands and a pure heart. And on today's episode, we want to, as a matter of fact, for the next several weeks, we want to do this series on, called Pursuing a Pure Heart. And then we'll come back and talk about what the clean hands mean. But the New English translation of the same verse says, who is allowed to ascend to the mountain of the Lord? Who is allowed? Who is allowed? Who may go up into the holy dwelling place of the Almighty? Listen, beloved, who? And he says, verse 4, again, he says, The one whose deeds are blameless and whose motives are pure, who does not lie or make promises with no intentions of keeping them. Such godly people are rewarded by the Lord and vindicated by God who delivers them. Listen, he says, who can ascend? And today we want to focus on part B, the pure heart. What does it mean when the Bible says he who has a pure heart? Because God talks a great deal about this pure heart, about this purity of heart or holiness. Psalm 73 verse 1, it says, Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. Now Jesus uh, preaching uh, on the beatitude, he says, Matthew 5 verse 8 says, Blessed are pure in heart, for they shall see God. Who are those? You see, you can call this like the constitution of heaven. And Jesus is saying, if you're going to see God, if you're going to inherit the kingdom of God, you have to have a pure heart. So that's why we want to focus on, because God, I believe, is calling you and I to pursue this lifestyle of having a pure heart. And that's the lifestyle of righteousness and holiness before God. Oh, how am I excited to unpack this to you? But before we go deeper, what is the heart? You know, the ancients divided really the person into the brain and the heart. And the brain being the seat of your intellect. And then the heart being the seat of your affections. And then the philosophers have divided the affections or your heart into two classes. The good and the bad. The benevolent and the malevolent. Now, the benevolent affections are the ones that are listed in Galatians chapter 5. Chapter uh, 5, verse 22 and 23. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. And he is describing the fruit of a pure heart. Okay, but then the malevolent affections, they are the ones that are described in Galatians, the same chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse 19 and 20. And he says, "Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contention, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissension, heresies, envy, murder. You name it. He goes on to to list a whole host of those things that un, uh, contaminate the heart, so to speak. And he says." And I tell you beforehand, just as I've told you in the past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Again, he's talking about the pure heart. Now, the works of the flesh are the unclean things that pollute or contaminate the heart. The fruit of the spirit are those affections that you and I should pursue and strive to have in our hearts. That's why I've entitled this pursuing, because it's not a one-time experience. It's a daily walking, pursuing before God in fear and in trembling. You see, a clean heart is the one that houses the fruit of the Spirit. You see, a clean heart is the one that doesn't have anything that don't ought to be there. Okay? And Colossians chapter 3 verse 2 says, Set your affections. On things that are above and not on the things that are of the earth. Why? Because your heart, did you realize? Your heart is your affections. You see, so now Paul is saying, beloved, uh, you have to set your heart. In other words, set your affections on the things that are above. But remember, there are two kinds of affections. We have the bad affections which are the the works of the flesh, the uncleanness, and we have the fruit of the spirit, which are the good affections, and the list goes on. But there are some experiences that I want to draw you to here because we're going to go deeper in this, but there are some experiences that I want us to share about. A clean heart is not a clean intellect. Watch this. A man may have a clean heart but not be good at math. Okay, so a clean heart It's not a good intellect. A man may have a good intellect without having a clean heart. A man may be smart, may be even a genius, but may not have a good heart. And a man may not have all, wherewithal of the numbers, how to solve mathematical equations, and yet he may feast on the bread of life, Because his heart has been clean and can eat and drink from the fountain of life. You see, that's one thing that we think if you have a a clean heart. You you, you are beyond the possession of a clean heart. is beyond making a mistake. That's not what he's saying here. That's why the possessor of the heart, of a clean heart, it doesn't mean that he has the perfect judgment. But it just means that he has a clean heart, but he may not have the clean intellect or the best intellect. There's a difference. And I want us to draw us to that because the the chief seat of our relationship with God is in the affection, not in the intellect. Okay? That's why the Bible tells us in Romans 10 verse 10 that with the heart, with your affection, man believeth unto salvation. Unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It it is with affection. And that's why when we call people to give their hearts to the Lord, really what we are telling them, you need to give your affections over to God. And let him take your affections and begin to cleanse you as I'm, I'm going to show you here in this series because and take all the other affections that don't belong there that only those affections that ought to be there will explode and grow and germinate and, and bear more fruit for the glory of God. Point number two. A clean heart is entirely distinct and also is more than an emotional experience. You see, salvation is not an emotion. But the emotion of joy and peace are the result of salvation, non-salvation itself. Amen? So, when we pursue God, and if we are pursuing a, a clean heart, we have to come to the place where we are truly doing the will of God. Because when you know you, you are cultivating and you, you have this experience from God called a pure heart. It's when you can do the will of God without any, any uncleanness, like any jealousy, any envy in you. Then you know you have a clean heart. Let me tell you a story. I read a story of this young man. He broke his arm. And when the doctor came to set the bone back, The young man told the mother, don't let him touch me, mama. Just give me more medicine. So this young man would rather stay in pain and take some temporary fix but not go through the process of setting back the bone that will eliminate the long-term pain. I believe there are many of us that would rather cling on to The unclean heart. Because we don't want to go through the process. Like this young man here. Just give me a little bit. Just give me a little religion to just make me look good. Just give me a little Christianity to make me a little different than my friends. But I don't want to go as far as God would want me. Because that interferes my life. You see friend. Christianity is a love relationship. And I'm going to show you that if we are going to be the children of God, beloved, it's high time we act like him. We think like him. We talk like him. And we have to be transfigured into the image of his son who is holy, who came to give us the access and to give us the empowerment to live this life of purity, holiness and righteousness. It's not a luxury. It's a must. As a matter of fact, it's one of those things that (laughs) you'd rather sell everything and pursue it if it will cost you that much because I'm telling you, your soul depends on it. You see, there's thousands of Christians who'd rather feel good than be good. Who'd rather have just enough religion But not the fullness of all that God has for us. Let me tell you, when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't just die just to give us a little bit of God. He didn't just die just to bring us a little bit nearer to God. And I'm going to tell you, that's really not scripture. He brings us into the fullness of God. Where God will come to live and abide in us and with us. It's a different relationship. But you see, we have to realize that that's the place. That's the intimacy. That's the depth of God's love for us. But you see, we have to desire not to follow after the multitude. There are those that follow Jesus only because of the loaves and the fishes. The Bible tells us because of the miracles. And there are many today Maybe you're watching, you've been following him just because of what he could do for you. And they followed because of the miracles they saw and they were hoping to get one. So they followed him in the desert. But not because they believed his message and they were so in love with him and they were selling out to him for what he has and what he could do and make out of them and the glory that he desires to receive out of them. Oh, dear friend, are we looking for the results of salvation? Or are we looking for salvation itself? There is another story of a man who had a choice to take the king's daughter as his wife or half the kingdom. I think this illustrates the point. Because this old man chose the daughter... But in time, the kingdom became his. Why? Because he chose to marry into the family. In time, he inherited the kingdom. He became the king. So would you rather have half of what this world has to offer you? Just a little bit of Christianity. Or would you rather, rather inherit the kingdom? Because he says those that have a pure heart, they will inherit the kingdom. They will will be allowed to ascend into the heavenlies. And I'm going to show you what this does to to your prayer life, to everything about you. And what God will do for you, in you, and through you. It's awesome. But you see, even many good people, they have shut away from this subject. Because the enemy has convinced us that we, 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 this is not of that necessity. Just be a good person. But listen, friend, I'm, telling, I'm sharing this with all love and with all compassion. God did not only come for good people. God is not looking for good people. He's looking for a holy people. A people that have washed themselves in the blood of His Son so that Jesus may receive the glory that He deserves. Let me tell you, it's like a mockery when the blood of Jesus was spilled for you and you don't bathe in that blood and you don't access the fullness of what the blood of Christ can do for you. It's like a mockery in the eyes of God. Oh, dear friend, how I desire for you and I to tremble and to begin to seek. You know, the Bible says that faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. We have taught people how to be blessed. We have taught people how to get a miracle from God, but we haven't taught them how to be holy and how to be pure before God. You see, the same faith you have for miracle finances, for miracle healing, it's going to take the same faith, and I'm going to show you because you and I can have a pure heart before God. And that's the greatest news I have today for you. That you and I, it doesn't matter where you are, what you have been through, and what has happened to you, even where you are right now. You've messed up so bad. God has not given up on you because He is able to give you if you will do what He says for you to do. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the Lord Almighty. And I want to also share with you this last point. That a clean heart, that we, we, we mistake a clean heart with the experience of regeneration or conversion. You see, you may be saved, and watch me on this. And I refer you to the book of Romans, to the book of Corinthians, because we don't have the time to go through all. But you look at Paul's letters to the church. Most of it was because people were carnal. People were walking in the flesh. They were confessing believers. Here in Corinthians 3.1, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. For ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? You see, Paul, he's talking to the church. He said, I could not share some things with you because you, you are so carnal. And he's calling them out of their carnality. Why? They were professing believers. I refer you to the word of God. They were believers. They were uh, going to church. They were part of Bible studies. They were Sunday school teachers. Some were even pastors and apostles and th- I'm telling you, you, maybe you are. This is something not to judge, but to help you and I go before God and allow the Holy Spirit to examine us. Because he says, because of these things, these are characteristics of an unclean heart. And it's possible that even believers could have an unclean heart. And so, I want to give you some practical applications here. Because I believe, as you hear the word of God, it's best that you take this message and you go before God and you ask God. This is the call to action. Ask the Lord to reveal the true condition of your heart. And I'm going to be showing in several series to come. But right now, before we finish this broadcast, I want you to ask God, show me the true condition of my heart. Because it's until God reveals the condition of your heart. And you are able to say yes. And you are able... It's going to depend on your response. What you say. Listen to what Psalm uh, chapter 32 verse 5 says. The sermon says, I acknowledged my sin unto thee. When God began to reveal his sin, he says, I acknowledged it. That's one of the things you have to, you have to acknowledge. You have to confess and repent. He says, I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and my iniquity have I not hid. I said, I'll confess my transgressions unto the Lord, who forgives my iniquity of sin. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. He says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all the unrighteousness. Now, when the word uses the word cleanse, the Bible uses the word cleanse, it means the washing and the cleansing of your heart from the guilt and the shame that is associated with the iniquity and the sin. Okay, so here he says that if we acknowledge our sin, the unclean things in our hearts. The works of the flesh. And whatever the Lord will show you. He says if you acknowledge. You confess and you begin to repent. He's faithful. And he's just. To forgive our sin. And cleanse us not only from the sin itself. But from the guilt. Of that sin. And the shame of that sin. Beloved, you have sinned, I have sinned, we were all sinners, but I'm telling you, when you come under the authority of the blood of Christ Jesus, it cleanses you not only from the unrighteousness, but from the guilt of that unrighteousness and from the shame that sin might, might have brought into your life. So then you become a new creation and you walk a new life that's why Paul says that if anybody be in Christ, is a new creation. Why? Because he gives you a new heart. And that new heart, he cleanses you of all the guilt. And with the new heart, you begin a life of no guilt and no shame. But you see, the enemy, now, the enemy will always want to keep coming back and pointing you back to your past. That's why you always have to point him to the blood of Jesus. Because through the blood of Jesus, you are not only forgiven, you are not only justified. You are forgiven and justified and cleansed of all wrongdoing and all the guilt and all the shame is washed by the blood. Amen. And so, this is where you begin to go before God. Psalm 51 verse 10. And I'm going to show you in the next program because I want us to lean on this because it's so important. But as we finish, I want to give you this. It's biblical for you to go before God and cry out like David did. Psalm 51 verse 10. He says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. You have to cry out and you can cry out to him. For a clean heart, unlike David, it can be yours. So I want to pray right now that God will give you the tenacity, will give you what it takes so that you can begin to walk in this reality. Beloved, the enemy doesn't want you to go there. He would rather have you in sin, though you're a believer, have you in this Sin that is there that hinders God, as we we have seen and we will continue to see, so that you don't enter into the fullness of all that God has. You see, because you are dangerous the moment you can begin to walk in the character and in the true nature of God. Guess what? The Bible says you are allowed into the holy of holies. You are allowed to ascend into the heavenlies and release the kingdom of God to come and touch earth so that the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ. That's why the enemy would rather keep us in compromise, complacency, and apathy and not call sin and iniquity what it is. Because he knows that if you can look like God, you're going to have the action of God. You're going to have the kingdom of God upon you and in you, around you, and manifesting through you like never before. You are dangerous when you are walking Under the spirit of God, in purity, in holiness and righteousness. And beloved, this is the call that God is putting out to all that will heed the call. He says, if you have this hope that I'm coming and I'm coming soon, you purify yourself. Beloved, it's time as the body of Christ. We went before God and he said, God, I don't care what's going to cost me, but I want you to clean my heart. Give me a new heart. Create in me a new heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit. For what? so that you may glorify him indeed. You see, that's the chief prayer that every believer should have. So my prayer for you is going to be that God will begin to convict you of those things that you have neglected and ignored. He has been talking to you and he's calling you into a deeper place. So Father, I ask for the spirit of conviction to come upon those that watch this broadcast right now. I pray for an anointing for conviction of sin judgment and righteousness for the spirit of holiness to come upon your people that they will begin to desire the true experience of a pure heart as part of their everyday existence in the body of Christ in Jesus name.
0: Amen. Watch this broadcast here on UA Network every Saturday at seven thirty p.m. Central Time to watch on our website, receive prayer, to give, or to request a copy of Andrew's book, Working the Works of God, please visit us online at www.kingdomimpactministry.org or write to Kingdom Impact Ministry, P.O. Box 2073, Montrose, Colorado, 81402. This broadcast is a presentation of Kingdom Impact Ministry and is made possible by the grace of God, faithful prayers, and gifts from partners and viewers like you next time on Kingdom Come.
1: Well, the Bible tells us that nobody knows the time or the hour for the coming of the Son of Man. So which means, as part of our everyday existence in this world and in the body of Christ, we are to be ready. But we cannot be ready because the prerequisite, as I'm going to show you, of entering into the dwelling place of the Almighty God, of entering heaven, is holiness. Or in other words, put a pure heart. And so if we think it is not of that great importance, it's not only really a bad notion on our part, but also it robs our hearts of that internal necessity because it is so vital to you and I to pursue this. But why? Number one, we pursue a pure heart. Oh, holiness, because, so that we may glorify God. And I'll give you some other reasons, but to me, that's the chief reason why we should pursue a pure heart. God tells us that in order for us to be his sons and daughters in the earth and represent him well, we have to look like him.